The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome back to Story Powered. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Uh, Thanks so much for being here. Really glad that uh, you're able to join us today. I am so looking forward to today's guest um, and the topic. We'll be discussing the change in advertising over the last couple of decades and how story is helping to make that change happen and and the move towards communications rather than selling at people. Um, First, though, I want to thank my guest from last week. Kathy Clote's guest was here talking improv and storytelling. Uh, We focused on the mindset change that comes with the concept of yes, and and we had a great laugh talking about humor and story it's it was seriously it was such a fun one i really recommend you check it out it's on the story powered um or it's in this story powered on demand library it's also on itunes if you want to download it as a podcast i'm finding i don't know about you but i'm finding podcasts are really easy to work out to i'm finding in the mornings that is the thing that gets me going and i don't even know i'm exercising so Highly recommend you download Story Powered, but don't do that right now because you you just want to sit down and relax right now and and listen to what we're doing. Unless you're working out, that's totally okay too. Um, So this week I'm talking to Ava Snyders. She's a longtime story expert and um, champion of storytelling really across the world. Um, Before I tell you more about Ava and her work, I wanted to share something that she's written on her LinkedIn profile says a lot about Ava and her point of view around story and its impact in the world. So, this is from Ava. I believe that words create worlds. I believe that each of us creates our own version of reality. I believe that our troubles and opportunities lie in our version of reality, not in reality itself. I believe we need to shape the world around us in order for it to make sense to us. I believe we need art to do so, for reason is linear and thus limited in its capacity to create. I believe reality is not solid, it's moldable. I believe that most of the world's problems, if not all, exist because of the story we tell ourselves and others. So do the miracles. I believe that one single image, poem or song, can change a person's life. I believe in serendipity. I believe that you're okay and I'm okay. I believe in the magic of encounters. I believe that two people share a story from the bottom of their hearts. They can never be enemies. I believe we've lived in a world of fierce competition for too long and that it's time to start we it's time for us to start comparing ourselves with others our, ourselves alone to become the best version of who we are. I believe the time has come to welcome the age of empathy. I believe crises are crises are an invitation for growth and evolution. I believe there's no such thing as truth or lie, except for what we are ready to define as such. I believe that everything depends on perspective and point of view. I believe we are redecorating a house that is falling apart. I believe we crave to reconnect to the tribe. I believe in the power of games and play. 
I believe it is time to start listening to our gut feelings. I believe that the most important things in life are not measurable, nor do they need to be. I believe that some things are best defined in poetry or song. I believe we're all human. Actually, I believe we're all Martians on vacation. I believe that our world needs new and better stories. I believe a story can change a life. I believe. I wanted to share that with you because um, it's one of the best descriptions um, about my point of view around story and how important it is. But also, um, Ava brings together a a lot of the key elements um, for how the world is shifting to uh, go back to story and embrace our humanity, embrace our our faults, embrace our strengths, and understand that we're here to grow and we're here to um, get better as people. And that's a lifelong thing. So I loved this description. It drew me to Ava immediately. And I'm, I'm sure it does to you too. So let me tell you a bit about Ava. So Ava Snyders is the General Manager and Chief Storytelling Officer at Ogilvy Public Relations Madrid. An internationally renowned expert in storytelling, she has over 20 years of experience in public relations and communications. Ava was born into a family of storytellers and grew up in a house full of books. Ever since early childhood, she's observed the world and wonders how many worlds inhabit it. She discovers them through the eyes of the people who cross her path while listening and asking questions. She has that gift. People tell her their stories. In 2007, Ava co-founded the first company in the Spanish-speaking world exclusively dedicated to organizational storytelling and transmedia. Ava has assisted many multinationals in shaping their internal and external communications, branding, and especially their strategy. She is an international speaker and ambassador of the Storytelling Center in Amsterdam, as well as a member of the Committee of the World Communications Forum in Davos. Ava, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you, Leanne. Glad to be here. It's so wonderful to read your words and, and um, to talk about what you've been doing. But tell us in your own words, what's your story? How'd you get, how did you get into story and, and why do you love it so much? Well, it's a, it's a funny thing. I think I've always been into story. It's just that I hadn't realized it until uh, maybe 10 years ago. Um, it's so funny to hear someone read out loud those words that I've written on my LinkedIn profile and I'm always surprised when someone introduces me because uh, there's so many stories that explain who a person is right? and there's not, not only one version That's right. so when I say that I was born into a family of storytellers that I, probably my mother would tell you that's not true because that's not the way she sees it you see um, I was a very very shy child um, when I when I was um little, I, the, the one thing I would love to do most was to hide from the adults in my home. So I would hide behind a couch or under a table or in a corner and be very, very silent. And the only thing I would do is I would listen to the adults talk to each other. Now, you must know that I come from a family, um, a very, very strange family, a very broad family, where I have uh, German relatives and Jewish relatives who have lived through World War II. Um, I have Catholic relatives and atheist fam- family. Um, so all of these people would get together for family gatherings. And they would share their views on things, on politics, on life, on what was good and what was bad. And they would never seem to agree. The thing is that rather than hearing arguments and rather than hearing discussions, the only thing I could hear were different fictions 
of a world. And the thing is, I never knew really, I, I'd never realized I did that, that that was my way of looking at them and listening to them. Um, until some 10 years ago, I was talking to a friend and I was sort of in a complaining mood. And I said, well, I've done all these different things in my life and I've been on different projects. And there's this one thing that always comes back, and that is that no matter who whom I'm working with, someone will always find me to tell me their story. And this is like, mm-hmm. I'll give you a little anecdote. I, w- I will typically board a plane or a train, and I'm the one who travels with an uh, eye mask. So I'll put on my eye mask, I plug in my earphones, I put on some music, and try to rest, because that is like the one moment you can truly rest when you're traveling, right? And... Maybe five times into the journey, someone will tap my shoulder and ask me a question. And once I lift my eye mask and plug out one of my earphones, they will just start telling me their life story. Um, And that is obviously a very beautiful thing to happen. I'm always amazingly surprised and grateful when a complete stranger turns to me and tells me their story. But I'd never known until 10 years ago what to do with that. It's sort right. of got in my way of doing my job. Um, so this person listened to me complaining about how hard my life was with all these people telling me their stories. And he said, Ava, have you ever wondered what a bard actually does? You know, the bards in the medieval, what, what yes. was their job? And I said, well, the, the, the bards, they were singers, they were poets. I'm not a singer. I mean, I, am a, I have a terrible singing voice. And I wouldn't see myself as a poet either. And he said, yes, but you know what? What would it take to write a poem or a song? That the first step to get there is to actually listen to what people have to say. And then you need the ability to turn it into something beautiful so you can share it with other people. And that hit home so hard that I couldn't think of any other things for about two years story and bars and I went crazy looking for documentation you know I went reading and looking for people who who would actually be like contemporary storytellers or bars um, and it, it was like finding out finally finding out who I was so it was like something very very important that happened in my life Wonderful. I, I, you know what? Thank you for sharing that. I, I completely get that because I feel very similar to it's kind of like going home when, when you find story yeah. and, it, and it's a fit. Because similar to you, it's funny as you were telling that story and, you know, story always does this. It's kind of like, I remember when uh, <laughs> you're telling the plane story. And I still remember as a young person, whenever I would take the bus, I, I, I love to stare out the window and just watch the world go by. But I never got to either. Because I was very similar <laughs> people. It would always be the person wanting to chat and tell me their life story. And, it, and so it's funny that you were saying that. It brought up those uh, moments for me too. So, um, but it's it's really great to hear, you know, that you, that you found that, that place and that space. And now in terms of what you did next, because you have, um, I, I didn't even... Uh, talk about all the things you've done because you have not just and I don't mean just but you've not just kind of stayed at home been a consultant you've been working in story all over the place you've you've been actually um, very active in the story world in terms of bringing people together to talk story at different events do you want to tell us a little bit about that um well in, in my quest for information and and in my search for 
uh, like-minded people. Um, one thing I found out is that in the Anglo-Saxon world, uh, there ha- I mean, there's a huge advantage. I mean, in the U.S. and, and the United Kingdom, people have worked with story in business and politics for like the past 25, 30 years, and that hasn't been the case in many other Western countries. It's right. like we forgot, we, we, we sort of relinquished story to the entertainment world, and we have forgotten how big a part of it uh, it is of our daily lives. Um, so once I found, um, well, you, you know them, because we live in the same sphere, don't we? But I found people like Sean Callahan in Australia, and I found people like Michael Margolis, who was living in New York at the time, um, Tim Shepard in the UK. Um, I, I felt the need to, you know, take all that knowledge and that expertise and show it to the rest of the Western world because I, I felt we were missing out on something very important. So, yes, I've made it uh, my mission to <laughs> be a voice for storytelling, especially in this part of the world, my part of the world. Amazing. And, you know, and you've done work with storytelling uh, so you're working with Ogilvy right now, uh, public relations, yeah. but you've also worked with story around strategy, right? Like it's not yeah. that it's totally different, but often we separate them out and we say, oh, that's branding and this is strategy. I don't really believe in that differenti- yeah, differentiation. <laughs> but but so how do you um, how do you move from strategic to, you know, in terms of the PR world? How are you finding um, making that connection? Well, first of all, I would say that PR is far more strategic than some people tend to believe. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to um, think of, about PR in terms of uh, event organizing, sending out press releases, uh, you know, like very tactical actions. Whereas if you really think of PR in terms of influence, in terms of reputation, in terms of making a brand and its people visible, it is very strategic. Um, that's one thing. And on the other hand, um, since we've lived for decades in the belief that um, information and data was more important than story. Like story was um, what I say in my, in my LinkedIn profile where it says we're trying to um, change the wallpaper uh, of a house that's falling apart. So we think of story as a decoration method, as something that comes at the end of the line when everything else has been done and you start thinking about what kind of cushions you put on the couch. Um, and that's not it. We, we actually think in story. Our brains, the way we connect information, is story-shaped. We, we do not think in, de- in data. So everything from thinking about where your company needs to go next to how you would like your internal communications to work to what kind of brand you would uh, like to carry out in the world. Everything in your brains has a story form. Right. So we yeah. do not need to learn something new. We need to just tap into that again and just realize that that is so and see what we can use of that process. Yeah, I love that. I, I love, love your that. analogy. I think there's a difference between... between um, the different disciplines, whereas when you sit down in a boardroom or uh, you stand next to the coffee machine at any given company in the world, people share stories. They do not share data. No. Yeah, data right. will give you an, an opening line. That's it. 
Yeah, it's true. And, you know, and I, and I really like the idea. And, and, you know, that's the kind of the premise behind Story Powered for me. I, I frame it as a, a superpower, but I also, on a bigger front, I see it that it is, that's exactly um, what we, our organizations are. And so for me as well, the, um, I agree, you know, there's no, the differentiating PR from strategy or PR from your organization is, is not, it's not a useful thing to do at all because the people living in the organization need to live the story too. And if you're, if you're PR, I've seen it happen and, and I'm sure you've seen it lots where you can tell that the PR machine that is generating out of a business is not lining up with the stories we're hearing about the internal stuff. And we've heard a little bit this exactly. week about Amazon and I you people can tell when there's a disconnect. So, um, so I love that you you're, you're making that point. It's it's not di- it's not separate. D- no, strategy not. drives PR. PR tells the story externally, but internally, it also has to connect, right? Yes, and especially in today's world. I mean, twenty years ago, it was quite easy to make certain news features go away. Right. Today, in yes. today's world, um, you know, anyone, literally anyone, can uh, take an item and send it out into the world and maybe not make it go viral, but still achieve some resonance you know, in, in the audience. So it doesn't really make sense not to connect internal and external or try and paint a different picture to the world because then, then you, you can have communication crisis and we have to sort that out. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and it's funny because uh, exactly on that point, yeah, absolutely. And then, and also on that point, you know, we love, um, our love of data has come to an end because the other thing is, is that we don't know what's true and what isn't. Just because it's been said doesn't mean it's true. So that, that is part of the challenge as well, for sure. So um, that's, and I think that's partly why story is so, so important now um, in terms of, you know, how how we're approaching things but I loved your analogy we're about to go for a break but I just want to repeat your analogy um, around story is story is not the cushions on the couch that you're puffing up to make it look good for when guests come over I'm going to go further and say story is the couch (laughs) it's the actual couch so love that love that okay so we're going to just take a break and we're going to keep talking about um, how life has changed in the world of communications with Ava and um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about story and how it's taking over the world so we'll be back in just a moment When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What is the Serve Hour? Well, to start... It's a different kind of listening experience. It's one that involves you. 
Host Jim Blackburn and his engaging guests in some very provocative and opinion-shaping conversations you'll hear and be invited to participate in that will challenge traditional beliefs about management and today's workplace. Also, these conversations will help you look at yourself and your work differently. Make it your business to tune into Voice America Business for The Serve Hour, live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. It will shake you awake. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at VeryGoodStories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Welcome back. I'm Leanne Pico, your host, and I am chatting today with Ava Snyders, General Manager and Chief Storytelling Officer at Ogilvy Public Relations in Spain. Ava also has, and we talked a lot about her long history of having people tell them her stories and um, her love of story leading her into the world of story. And, and uh, Ava has um, been a great um, bringing bring her to I'm not that's not the right word she's brought people together to talk story in in a a lot of different ways and in very similarly um you know talk to a lot of the the great people in story around the world but one of the things that um, makes Ava a little bit different I think and Ava you probably disagree with me but I think is that you've moved into from um what I call storyland into kind of the mainstream and 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 so what's interesting is is the the way that we used to think about advertising and how um you know it used to be pushed at us obviously um you know, with a role like yours and, and kind of that move, there's a shift happening. And I'm wondering what, what you think about that. Like, how did, how do, how have we changed from Mad Men to storytelling? I must, I must uh, confess, because I didn't tell you so in my email, that um, the Mad Men uh, series is actually based on David Ogilvy's uh, character. Oh, of so course. It's very, it hits very close to home. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> um, which, is, which is actually good. I mean, I love the series, and I think it's... Oh, it's very uh, fun. And they, they did a great job. Um, so, first of all, I, I, I like to make a difference between the approach to communications um, my colleagues in advertising make and the ones the one we take in PR. Uh, very simply put, in advertising... Um, People help businesses talk the world of themselves. So it will be a car company telling that their car is awesome. In PR, what we do is we actually um, get other people to talk about how awesome your car is. That, that is, it may seem like a very a small difference, but it's actually an amazing, amazing, it's a huge difference. Um, so the way I see it is that for, for decades we were living in this world of mass communications where the way to get your message across was through impact. So if you had a huge advertising and marketing budget, you could put on, on billboards and put out advertising campaigns on TV and in the newspapers and just make your brand visible. And as long as you could assure that impact, um, you could... Uh, get people to buy your products. 
in the world we are living now, and this is not only about social media, it is about um, the, the, glo- the globalization as well, where you can buy a product from China or Africa or Australia if you want to. You can just buy it online. You don't, you're not, um, you don't depend on your local suppliers anymore. In this world, we tend to buy things or uh, look at products because people recommend them to us. I would rather stay at a hotel that has good recommendations or that where a friend has stayed and they've taught me about it than a hotel that has a lot of advertising because I am conscious, I know as a customer, that it's only the hotel talking about themselves and I know that is not what, you know, it it, it won't um, match my expectations probably when I get there. So in this world where we live on recommendations, influence becomes far more important than impact. And that is where story comes in. Right. Um, so the first thing to have like a good um, feeling about something, the first thing about reputation would happen if you have uh, an experience yourself with a brand, with a place, with a restaurant, with a person. But if you cannot have that experience yourself, if, if you're too far away or you're like looking for a hotel in India and you can't go there just to check it out, you will have to rely on other people's experiences. That is the way it works. And other people, uh, people's experiences are stories. That's what stories are. If I tell you about the time I went to India and I uh, found this amazing local hotel that was run by a family, and I tell you about how the mother would make the food every day and she would ask us what we liked and what we didn't like. If I tell you about the doorman who was a far cousin uh, who came to the city just to work with his family, if I tell you all these things, you will get a clear picture in your mind of what you can expect and you may want to go there. That right. is what story does. It's, it, it helps us connect with other people's experiences and that is the way you would... Um, feel you can trust someone's opinion, you can you could uh, follow their lead. Um, the more they share about that personal experience, the closer it comes to to us. Does it make right. sense? Oh, that Very makes so excited. much sense. I'm just thinking, I, sorry, I'm, I'm still in India at the hotel. <laughs> oh, you're in India. I was, I was just, you've just made me really think about how different, and you know, that's, um, that's not different to how it always was. So it's just like you say, no, though, we were local and would, would talk about the local place that we went to and got, you know, our, our goods or, 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 you know, somewhere more local that we would have stayed. But I can totally see how, because again, you know, even I, like I'm, and I'm a story person, but, and I'm chatting with you on a radio show, but I'm thinking, if I go to India, I am going to talk to Ava about where she stayed. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's going to stay with me too, right? It's not just that it kind of, it's not just that it's, it's kind of, um, I've heard it and I connect with it and I think, oh, that's great. It will actually now stay with me. Mm. That's, that's, that's one other thing though that is important because when we talk story, and there's a lot of buzz around storytelling in the marketing and advertising world. And one of the things that I don't, they don't seem to get is that story is by nature, but bi-directional. It's a dialogue. Mm. Even professional performing storytellers see it that way. Yes. Like, you know, the people we know who go on stage and tell stories for hours, they would never 
think of story in terms of it's me telling a story to a passive audience. You are telling a story with the audience. So um, putting up um, beautiful emotional videos on YouTube does not do the trick because you're still thinking in terms of of yourself in terms of broadcaster. This is no longer a world of broadcasters and passive audiences. This is a world where people share things. We share experiences. We share stories. And we're equals. There's there's this beautiful, beautiful line about stories. And and I don't know who said it first. I'm I'm going to owe you that one. Um, It says you can only tell a story eye to eye. Mm, I love you that. You cannot tell a story from a platform to an anonymous audience. You can only tell it from one person to another person. And that right. is what many brands are not getting. And that is what traditionally in advertising, they have not been forced to see eye to eye. They had the nope. power. They were in a power relationship with their audiences. And that is one thing that has shifted amazingly. And that's where social media does come in and, and potentially the, the place for social media is that there is an eye-to-eye relationship and people can um, share their stories back. So if um, so, in Canada, we have a company called WestJet that does kind of fun, exciting stories every holiday. And they tell that, and it's not, the purpose isn't necessarily storytelling. The purpose is to do great, like their employees like to do great things for their customers. It's an employee owned business. And, and that's how they kind of tell their brand story and how they um, contribute to their community. But what, what I watch is, is the comments. And then people are saying, Oh, when I was on WestJet, this happened. When I, when I, when I, when I, and and again, it's um, so I love that you're distinguishing that because um, you know I can imagine that it like to go from that advertising model where people, you know, men sat around smoking <laughs> cigars and drinking whiskey and coming up with great ideas and just pushing them out. How do you get from there? Like, how does the industry get from there to eye to eye? Um, and again, social media is part of it, but it's 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 a tool. It's not a mentality. So, how do we get to the mentality of eye to eye? Well, um, again, I, I don't want to quote David Ogilvy all the time, but he had this this famous line that has been censored a bit. <laughs> I think it was a very right. typical 50s <laughs> line. Um, I think he literally said, uh, "Your customer is not a moron." Uh, with your wife. <laughs> um, I love that. And it, it, that, is, that is, I mean, you cannot say that. It's not politically correct anymore yeah. to say anything like no. it. But the, the essence is still the same. Um, as long as we, we, we sort of say that our customers are the reason for us being in business and yes. that we value them so much and we keep asking them, um, we keep sending them evaluations and, and uh, queries uh, so to know, um, to measure their satisfaction. But we do not see eye to eye with them. So uh, if you go on any brand's Facebook page, you will see thousands of people commenting and telling uh, the brand about their experiences and yes. hardly any brand is actually responding to those messages. Mm-hmm. So they will, they will typically respond when there's a problem, when someone complains, yes. then they right. will try and solve that. But all the positive reactions, all the positive experiences are not being answered. 
Um, so if, if you just think of your customers as people who have experiences with your brand and you think um, about how important the quality is, not only like that you get a 9 out of 10 or a 4 out of 5 mm-hmm. report, it is also about what one person tells you about what happened to them when consuming your product or when experiencing whatever it is you have to offer. Um, so we need to shift out of this whole information and data thing where everything is being measured and just start listening and asking people about their experiences and yeah. see how, I mean, I, I could give you tons of examples of people saying things about brands and brands just not even acknowledging what what's going on. That's right. so sad. It's very sad. People, they, see them, they see them as target groups or... Or money. Um, or money or, or numbers on a report. Mm-hmm. Yep. you're so right you're so I love that you've just distinguished that because it's um it's one of my big uh bugbears in terms of because I was uh in a in my former life in nonprofit land I for many years was somebody who worked with people to help them tell their stories um in order to for policymakers, this was in the UK, um, at the time, policymakers wanted to know, for example, what youth living in poverty-stricken areas thought would make a difference um, in their in their lives if, in terms of services or policies or whatever. And, you know, not it doesn't mean, when you ask people what they think, it doesn't mean that it, things will immediately change. However, being able to being in a position of listening is so crucial and you're right I don't see a lot of brands uh, necessarily listening and it's a shame because the richness is in the stories that their customers are telling that's the depth and and where they're going to get their ideas for new products and innovative innovations and things like that um, but you but the other thing that struck me when you when you said that was that um, you know I always have this thing like research and data is still a story so somebody's five out of ten is a different story from somebody else's seven out of ten. Um, so yeah, and even someone else's five out of ten. <laughs> right, exactly. A five is a five is not a five necessarily. So so how do you know what what that means for your business? And um, yeah, so thank you for that. That's a, a really good distinguisher. So how? And again, you know, I, I might be asking you to how to change the world right now. <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> but I'm wondering now, that, like when you're working with Ogilvy now and you're kind of looking at the terrain and bringing your um, your vast experience of, of story with you, what kinds of things um, are, are would you say to the industry about kind of shifting to a listening or a story listening modality and mentality? Oh, there's so many things I would say. Um First of all, it's, it's not about it's not about the telling. It is about the listening. Yeah. It is not about trying to uh, come across as someone or as a, a particular brand. It is it is about um, showing who you really are. We had a we had a, um, a client CEO the other day in who wants to work on his reputation. And I asked him this question. I said, what are you truly passionate about? And he was confused by that question. He was like, yeah, but I've done my research and I know that in my industry what people are looking for is such and so. And I I asked him the question again. I said, what are you truly passionate about? Because passion, true love for people, for ideas, for certain things, 
is what's going to show in the end. You know, we can write texts for you. We can set up your Twitter account. We can, you know, you can do so many things for you, but what is really going to come across is what makes your heart sing. Right. Nice. Um, so that, is very, that is very tricky because we live in a world where companies and roles serve as masks. They're protection to us. Um, you, uh, when you step into that role, you don't need to show your vulnerability. You don't need to show your emotions or what you're passionate about. Um, I truly believe that when someone allows themselves to um, show their emotions, they travel far. I mean, it is, the, it is the way to truly connect to other people. So stop worrying so much about what story to tell and start listening to your own, to your own heart, to what you really want to say to someone and start listening to what other, what other people enjoy. Start understanding what makes them you know, happy. Because um, if not, we're, we're, we're all about the mechanics of story. You know, there's a lot of literature on the mechanics of story, on how you can uh, make a film or write a book and um, make people cry, and then you get these silly TV movies um, that are good for <laughs> probably when, when you've just ended a relationship and you lay down on your couch with a bottle, <laughs> and a bottle of wine and you watch three films in a row and can't stop crying, but they, this, the fact is that they do not do anything for you. Right. So you, can, you can cry, but they don't really cleanse your emotions. They don't really help you get through whatever it is you need to go through to so um, I, would, I would say what we need most is for people to be authentic and to show up. Yeah, and that takes courage. That takes a lot of courage. Like you say, in today's world, especially in the business world, and I I, uh, I actually love entrepreneurship because that's kind of a lot of folks, that's uh, where a lot of people are really uh, grabbing onto that and understanding that the way to differentiate is to show what you're passionate about and that you care. Um, but in corporate world, it's not historically been um, uh, accepted or even wanted for people to show their no. emotions. No. Um, so then to do it on the... I mean, yeah. And in, in the past few months, I've seen an interview with Bill and Melinda Gates on TAG where right. they actually spoke about how they came up with the idea for the foundation. Um, and you actually see two people sitting there, people who definitely care a lot about each other. They love each other a lot, and they've been through a lot together. But they, they were talking about a holiday they took in Africa and how they were walking on the beach and talking about what they'd done so far, what they wanted to do with the rest of their lives. All of a sudden, you, you, you can actually believe that in their project. Look at Mark Zuckerberg when he announced that his wife was pregnant mm. and how he explained that they had, had three miscarriages before. Yes. I mean, all of a sudden, there's a person standing in front of you. That is about seeing eye to eye. So you have the courage to not only, you know, send out the news releases, but be a yeah. person, first of all. And that helps you tap into other people's experiences when you're willing to share Absolutely. as well. Yeah, that, that, that was a huge moment, and I'm glad you brought that up. Because, you know, in terms of the movies that we've seen and all the stories around him, it was probably one of the most humanizing um, stories that I've seen about him anyway, or from oh, him, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Amazing. Thank you, Ava. Well, we're going to go for a quick break again. Um, So we're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the how. So how do we, um, in PR and, and in our communications, how do we start embracing emotions, embracing our humanity, embracing our passions and share stories that actually do and using Ava's really wonderful uh, phrasing, how do we get eye to eye with our customers? So we're going to come back and talk about that in a second. So you're listening to Story Powered with Nampi Co. And my guest today is Ava Snyders. You can find out more about Ava and the work she's done in Spain and internationally at www.avasnyders.com. And that's S-N-I-J-D-E-R-S.com. We'll be back soon. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead the Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. This is Leanne Pico, and I am chatting today with Ava Snyders, General Manager and Chief Storytelling Officer at Ogilvy Public Relations in Spain. Before the break, we're having a great chat about and some stuff I feel very, very passionately about. And if you've listened to other shows, um, it's a bit of a theme. And, and Ava has um, said it so eloquently, and it's it's about being willing to um embrace your emotion, embrace your own stories and and be willing to listen. So those are the kind of the key elements of our our chat before the break. Um, But one of the things that, um, and I find this with clients that I work with, but also just in terms of looking around at some of the communications that are coming out. um, I just wanted to dig into a little bit, Ava, about what is a story and what isn't. So we talked about eye to eye and we talked about kind of the uh, the piece around not just pushing something. But I'm looking at 
um, some folks and I've seen some uh, businesses who say telling our story and it's not a story at all. And I'm just wondering, like, what's your perspective on that? Like, how can you tell, like, if you're a consumer and, and maybe it doesn't matter, but how can I tell if it's a sto- if it's a real story, if I'm trying to share it, if I'm an entrepreneur or business, how do I know I'm telling a real story? Well, that's a very, I, uh, again, I think Tim Shepard said this once, but I'm not sure, so I'm, I'm going to owe you that one, too. That's two in a row. <laughs> um, you, could, you could talk for, for hours and days and weeks, probably, about story structure and story definitions, and there's a, a huge amount of academic literature on that, so I don't think we should bore our listeners with that. Um, no. The best, the best thing I've heard, and I think it was Tim Shepard who said that, is... Um, if you listen to something or you see a video or you're reading a book or reading an article or whatever it is you're doing and you feel like stating your opinion, it's not a story. If, on the contrary, you feel like you want to hear more or what you're reading or hearing or seeing reminds you of an experience that you've had on your own or another story you've heard somewhere, then it's probably a story. So it has to do with with what part of your brain is being activated and how you react to it, probably. That makes so much sense. That makes mm-hmm. so much sense. If So if I'm having a, I, that makes a lot of sense because opinion is different. That's thinking and logic. Mm-hmm. Um, where a story goes, to, goes, you know, heart stuff and emotion and like you say, other side of the brain. But it also pulls us in, in a way that um, an argument can pull you in though, right? Like if, if I see something that, um, you know, someone tells me about something, I can get mad about it. Does that mean I'm? it's not a story? If you get mad about it, well, you could get mad because you read a story about how someone misbehaved or or um, did something you, you think is terribly wrong. Um, but still, you don't feel like you need to give your opinion on it. Right. If it makes yeah. you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that, that I've read a lot, um, a lot of people saying that um, if it gets you emotional, it's a story. Well, that is not necessarily true. I can listen to music and become emotional. Yeah. An emotional response, like especially when it's anger, anger is not necessarily a reaction to a story. It can be, but it's, right. it, that doesn't really necessarily mean that you're listening to a story. No. It can be something completely different. Like if, I, if I hear many politicians speak, I get very angry, and I'm very <laughs> much aware that they're not telling stories. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I have a few in my head right now that I was. <laughs> and, and part so, of yeah, but it, but, it is yeah. interesting though because when you, when you go into a company uh, nowadays, they will tell you that they've already done a lot of storytelling and they're telling a lot of stories, and then you you just ask them to to tell you more. Let let, let me let me see what you're doing. I'm interested. And ninety nine percent of the time, and that's very sad, but it's true. They will tell you that. Because our, we have been in business for 50 years, and we are the best in our market segment of blah, blah, blah. And I just give you bullet points. Yes. Bullet points are definitely never a story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no and story. I always I call it, has bullet points in it. No story at all. And it's, even if there's a beginning bullet point, a middle bullet point, and an end one, it's still not a story. <laughs> exactly. No, it doesn't work that way. 
<laughs> well, and it's, I, I often call that your history because it's nonprofits often, I, when I work with nonprofits, they're, they're, and again, part of the reason why they think it's their story is because, you know, the, a lot of nonprofits are trying to justify their existence in the world and we've set up a funding structure that, that kind of feeds into that. But they'll say, we have been here for 30 years and, and it's just like, well, you know, that's not your story. Um, that's that's your history. Um, the story of why you're there, why you were set up is much more interesting to me than the fact that you just exist. And that's same with business, right? I mean, if, if you know, when they tell a story about the founder or about a change in the uh, in the business that got them to where they are or, or things like that, you can actually, you feel drawn in. Um, but like you say, when they give out the bullet points, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> you're not drawn in at all. I, lo- I really like but, that. But you're right. The bullet points can be part of the timeline, maybe. They can be, yes. um, they can be turning points. They can be um, little triggers for stories. So if you can ask questions, story questions around the bullet points, then you probably end up with some stories. Right. But the bullet points in themselves are just yeah. bullet points. <laughs> and if you're using PowerPoint, you're probably, you're probably not telling a story either. <laughs> so now, in terms of advertising, so I'm going to use the word advertising, but more communications and kind of, you know, so we're talking about PR, but also in terms of, um, like, how do we, how does a company, um, you know, I guess embrace the listening and embrace the idea of story and put them together into something that is succinct and, and able for people to understand. Like, well, is there a process um, for in, them to in go my through? Experience, in my experience, what works best is not try and convince them. <laughs> right, yes. Um, but you can do very simple things like, um, you know, that most, most um, board members and, and leaders in a company have, like, little retreats or team-building events. So if, if you could use one of those events or maybe a quiet afternoon to just sit together and share experiences yeah. or even build a real story circle, as they're called, like um, instead of trying to convince them, um, have them have the experience of just sitting together in a circle and sharing experiences. Yeah. They sort of reconnect to what is important because we all know deep down inside that it is important to sit down with the people we're close to on a business level, on a personal level, and just share experiences. It is very innate. It is not something new or something we need to get used to. It is something we need to remember rather right. than you know being convinced. So once they have the experience, they, they start seeing um, how important they start remembering how important this is, and they start making time for it. Yeah. So that, in my experience, I've had very, very tough people in business, people who were not willing to participate, and it takes them maybe an hour to be convinced that this is yeah. good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's, it's about, they get it's there. About doing it. It's about doing it. It's about and creating time for it. Yes. Yeah. 
And sometimes, you know, and the other part for me around um, the disconnect that happens in, in businesses, especially big ones, and it's really easy because, you know, you the way we set up our businesses, we have departments. And so we create these, yeah. um, whether we, we experience them as silos or not, they often are silos of, of um, information and stories. So it, it's, um, for me, the story circles are an important way for frontline people to get together with marketing people, to get together with finance people to get together with leaders and you have like more like frontline people like it's really it's very rich um for people especially those who are working on the periphery of the front line sometimes they don't know why they're at work and they're, they're not connected to what the company is doing so i've also found that you know that's it's partly about listening and finding story but it's also about like you said connecting with each other and connecting with the point of the company again it's it's very important to have everybody there not just your communications people not just no. your uh you, you need to mix it up and and the frontline folks are the ones with the customer stories which are usually the thing that will drive the the feeling good right yes so yes, it is important to have everyone on board, and it is important to share stories for other reasons than to find the one story that will sell your product. Yeah. Because I think that's that's a very poor thing to do. I mean, obviously, in a process, when you're working with stories, you will find stories that will help you sell. Yeah. But to just use stories to sell. Um, is, is like the cushions on the couch. It's like what the real estate agents will do. They will bake cookies to show the house that they're showing <laughs> and selling it. Yeah, it's swimming at the shallow end, and really. So You're just staying you in the shallow end for that there. reason, but I'd rather eat them, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, why can you never eat them? <laughs> That's so, it's such a great, that's a, a really great analogy again, because it, and it is that piece around, um, and then the other part for me is that, you know, we talk about employee engagement and the the dire, um, you know, uh, although it is still data, you know, the the kind of the, the terrible state we're in around employee engagement. And really for me, like that, that opportunity to sit together and, and tell stories and remind ourselves of why we're at work, that's, that is not an expensive thing to do. And it's no. one of the most valuable things you can do for your staff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, to be absolutely. fully engaged again. So do you th- so we've got a couple of minutes left. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to, to just say? Any messages? or? Um, well, there's one thing when I said earlier that is uh, when, and during the break that um, people will uh, typically hire a creative agency uh, so they come up with a story they can tell. And I think that's a pity because um, there's a process behind storytelling that you're missing out on when you do that. If you just send the agency a brief and ask them to write some copy for you, you're not connecting to the story yourself. So why would your audience connect with it? Having said that, um, and it's just you're just missing the opportunity to actually use the stories in different ways. And and find out things that the agency could never find out because they're not sitting in your seat and they're not working in your company. Um, having said that, obviously, if, you, if you'd want to um, craft a good story, you will need help because there's people yes. who know a lot more about structure and words or they know more about images than you do, of course. That's great. 
So, so basically, um, we can. It is not sorry. about it is not about the CEO just um, no. <laughs> doing videos at his home and putting them on YouTube. That's not yeah. the idea. That's right. It's so about it getting made, someone to so help you find like, stories. That's right. Well, in the process, you need so there's a process, and you need to listen to the stories. You need you also need to leave them rest before you start working with them, before you start telling them to other people. And obviously, right. you need to craft them too. So it's important to know that there's a process for it. Okay. Thank you so much. That's a good list of hows and how to improve your storytelling and and most importantly, your story listening. Thank you so much, Ava, for being here today. Thank you for having me, Leanne. It was a pleasure. It was, it was a great chat. So m- remember that you can check out Ava's um, long history of work at avasniders.com. And just to let you know, next week I'll be chatting with David Hutchins, author of the new book, Circle of the Nine Musings. I just got my copy. It's amazing. It's a storytelling field guide. You're going to want to hear about it. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks so much for joining me, Liam Pico, and Story Powered. I'll see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level. 